This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, November 10th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Different needs for a young person's education should mean different options. Education savings accounts can offer parents a custom-made educational program. I spoke with Jonathan Butcher, the Goldwater Institute and the Heritage Foundation, about the record and promise of education savings accounts at the State Policy Network annual meeting in San Antonio. What has been the constitutional uh, history of education savings accounts with respect to uh, legal challenges. Sure. So as you can probably imagine, teachers unions and their other special interest groups sued to shut them down in Arizona in 2011. And what resulted three years later after it went through the courts was an Arizona Supreme Court ruling that upheld the constitutionality of education savings accounts in Arizona. And, And critically, they cited the distinction between education savings accounts and traditional school vouchers, right? They are not scholarships. The difference is that parents can make multiple decisions about how their children learn simultaneously, which is what makes them distinct. And critically, in Nevada, where the accounts have also been challenged, the court found something similar. They also found in Nevada that uh, education savings accounts are, in fact, distinct from traditional private school scholarships. And that's really, that's an important finding, right, because of uh, the history with Blaine amendments around the country and the way that courts have interpreted Blaine amendments and their impact on voucher laws. So what data do we have about ESAs as compared with Uh, say, a scholarship tax credit or a voucher? So high levels of parent satisfaction. We have multiple surveys uh, from Arizona and one now from Mississippi that found uh, high levels of uh, parents saying that they're happy with the idea that they get to use this account to customize their child's education uh, uh, with an education savings account. We have uh, research from Arizona uh, that shows that parents are, in fact, using the accounts for multiple products and services. So a third, in fact, over two different studies, uh, two different periods of time, found that parents, uh, one-third of parents, are using them for multiple products and services. And that's exactly what the accounts were designed for, right? Why would, uh, if, let's, for example, a student who attends a public school, um, are, are they not eligible for these products? Well, to be eligible for a savings account in all of the states that have enacted them so far, uh, except for Florida, you need to transfer from a public school to using an education savings account. And in that way, it does not create new money from the general fund, right? It makes it so that there isn't a, uh, a fiscal note, you know, for those that are in the business, right? Understand what comes when you generate new funds. Uh, and so it just, it moves money from what uh, school the child was attending to the parent's education savings account in the name of the child. And can they use that to attend a different public school? They can use it to buy public school services. So they can buy extracurricular activities. If they wanted to, they could pay for an individual class if that could be arranged with the local school. So it creates something that could make a synergy between public services and private services. In order to prevent double dipping, right, a student could not use an education savings account and attend a public school Full time, but you know, I don't think we've we've seen that problem in in the populations who are using these accounts because typically these are families with children who have special needs. The families probably have already been through some sort of trauma, you know, dealing with the child's IEP and and getting appropriate services for them. So they're ready for you know something else. How often do the prices of education services exceed 
what uh, young people would have available to them in one of those accounts? Well, it varies from state to state on uh, how much an account is worth. So, be, And that is because each state has a slightly different funding formula. In Arizona, the accounts are based on a child's particular condition. So a child with special needs, for example, could receive something around 13000 15000 even up to $25,000 a year, which actually is almost equivalent. It's a slight savings over what they would have used in the traditional public school system. Uh, and so that tends to be, you know, it's on par, generally speaking, with uh, many of the special needs services. Critically, though, private schools in uh, Arizona, uh, based on research done uh, out of EdChoice uh, in two different studies, have looked at the median private school tuition, and it's right around $5,000. And that's important because that's about what the mainstream student in Arizona using an education savings account will get in their account. So with the median, right, you have the same number of options above and below that figure. So that's important. Do most parents use multiple services? That is to say, would they take advantage of some kind of tutoring here, but attend a day-to-day school somewhere else? What we know from research in Arizona is approximately one-third of parents are using it for multiple products and services. Uh, research um, should be forthcoming from at least one other state in the, in the near future. It is law now in six states, Arizona, Florida, Mississippi, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Nevada. Uh, North Carolina was the latest one, and that happened just this summer. Jonathan Butcher is a senior fellow at the Goldwater Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 